Part two, section two of the Age of Reason by Thomas Paine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Having premised these things, I proceed to examine the authenticity of the Bible, and I begin with what are called the five books of Moses genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy my intention is to show that those books are spurious and that moses is not the author of them and still further that they were not written in the time of moses nor till several hundred years afterwards that they are no other than an attempted history of the life of moses and at the times in which he is said to have lived and also of the times prior thereto, written by some very ignorant and stupid pretenders to authorship, several hundred years after the death of Moses, as men now write histories of things that happened, or are supposed to have happened, several hundred or several thousand years ago. The evidence that I shall produce in this case is from the books themselves and I will confine myself to this evidence only. Were I to refer for proofs to any of the ancient authors, whom the advocates of the Bible call profane authors, they would controvert that authority as I controvert theirs. I will, therefore, meet them on their own ground, and oppose them with their own weapon, the Bible. In the first place, there is no affirmative evidence that Moses is the author of those books, and that he is the author is altogether an unfounded opinion, got abroad nobody knows how. The style and manner in which those books are written give no room to believe or even to suppose they were written by Moses, for it is altogether the style and manner of another person speaking of Moses. In Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, for everything in Genesis is prior to the times of Moses, and not the least allusion is made to him therein, the whole, I say, of these books is in the third person. It is always, The Lord said unto Moses, or Moses said unto the Lord, or Moses said unto the people, or the people said unto Moses. And this is the style and manner that historians use in speaking of the person whose lives and actions they are writing. It may be said that a man may speak of himself in the third person, and therefore it may be supposed that Moses did. But supposition proves nothing and if the advocates for the belief that Moses wrote those books himself have nothing better to advance than supposition, they might as well be silent. But granting the grammatical right that Moses might speak of himself in the third person, because any man might speak of himself in that manner, it cannot be admitted as a fact in those books that it is Moses who speaks without rendering Moses truly ridiculous and absurd. For example, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek, above all the men which were on the face of the earth. If Moses said this of himself, instead of being the meekest of men, 
he was one of the most vain and arrogant of coxcombs and the advocates for those books may now take which side they please for both sides are against them if moses was not the author the books are without authority and if he was the author the author is without credit because to boast of meekness is the reverse of meekness and is a lie in sentiment in deuteronomy the style and manner of writing marks more evidently than in the former books that moses is not the writer the manner here used is dramatical the writer opens the subject by a short introductory discourse and then introduces moses as in the act of speaking and when he has made moses finish his harangue he the writer resumes his own part and speaks till he brings moses forward again and at last closes the scene with an account of the death funeral and character of moses this interchange of speakers occurs four times in this book from the first verse of the first chapter to the end of the fifth verse it is the writer who speaks he then introduces moses as in the act of making his harangue and this continues to the end of the fortieth verse of the fourth chapter here the writer drops moses and speaks historically of what was done in consequence of what moses when living is supposed to have said and which the writer has dramatically rehearsed the writer opens the subject again in the first verse of the fifth chapter though it is only by saying that moses called the people of israel together he then introduces moses as before and continues him as in the act of speaking to the end of the twenty-sixth chapter he does the same thing at the beginning of the twenty-seventh chapter and continues moses as in the act of speaking to the end of the twenty-eighth chapter at the twenty-ninth chapter the writer speaks again through the whole of the first verse and the first line of the second verse where he introduces moses for the last time and continues him as in the act of speaking to the end of the thirty-third chapter the writer having now finished the rehearsal on the part of moses comes forward and speaks through the whole of the last chapter he begins by telling the reader that moses went up to the top of pisgah that he saw from thence the land which the writer says had been promised to abraham isaac and jacob that he moses died there in the land of moab but that no man knoweth of his sepulchre unto this day that is unto the time in which the writer lived who wrote the book of deuteronomy the writer then tells us that moses was one hundred ten years of age when he died that his eye was not dim nor his natural force abated and he concludes by saying that there arose not a prophet since in israel like unto moses whom says this anonymous writer the lord knew face to face having thus shown 
as far as grammatical evidence applies that moses was not the writer of those books i will after making a few observations on the inconsistencies of the writer of the book of deuteronomy proceed to show from the historical and chronological evidence contained in those books that moses was not because he could not be the writer of them and consequently that there is no authority for believing that the inhuman and horrid butcheries of men women and children told of in those books were done as those books say they were at the command of god it is a duty incumbent on every true deist that he vindicates the moral justice of god against the calumnies of the bible the writer of the book of deuteronomy whoever he was for it is an anonymous work is obscure and also in contradiction with himself in the account he has given of moses after telling that moses went to the top of pisgah and it does not appear from any account that he ever came down again he tells us that moses died there in the land of moab and that he buried him in a valley in the land of moab but as there is no antecedent to the pronoun he there is no knowing who he was that did bury him if the writer meant that he that is god buried him how should he that is the writer know it or why should we that is the readers believe him since we know not who the writer was that tells us so for certainly moses could not himself tell where he was buried the writer also tells us that no man knoweth where the sepulchre of moses is unto this day meaning the time in which this writer lived how then should he know that moses was buried in a valley in the land of moab for as the writer lived long after the time of moses as is evident from his using the expression of unto this day meaning a great length of time after the death of moses he certainly was not at his funeral and on the other hand it is impossible that moses himself could say that no man knoweth where the sepulchre is unto this day to make moses the speaker would be an improvement on the play of a child that hides himself and cries nobody can find me nobody can find moses this writer has nowhere told us how he came by the speeches which he has put into the mouth of moses to speak and therefore we have a right to conclude that he either composed them himself or wrote them from oral tradition one or other of these is the more probable since he has given in the fifth chapter a table of commandments in which that called the fourth commandment is different from the fourth commandment in the twentieth chapter of exodus in that of exodus the reason given for keeping the seventh day is because says the commandment god made the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh 
but in that of deuteronomy the reason given is that it was the day on which the children of israel came out of egypt and therefore says this commandment the lord thy god commanded thee to keep the sabbath day this makes no mention of the creation nor that of the coming out of egypt there are also many things given as laws of moses in this book that are not to be found in any of the other books among which is that inhuman and brutal law chapter twenty one verses eighteen nineteen twenty and twenty one which authorizes parents the father and the mother to bring their own children to have them stoned to death for what it is pleased to call stubbornness the priests have always been fond of preaching up deuteronomy for deuteronomy preaches up tithes and it is from this book chapter twenty five verse four they have taken the phrase and applied it to tithing that thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn and that this might not escape observation they have noted it in the table of contents at the head of the chapter though it is only a single verse of less than two lines o oh, priests priests ye are willing to be compared to an ox for the sake of tithes though it is impossible for us to know identically who the writer of deuteronomy was it is not difficult to discover him professionally that he was some jewish priest who lived as i shall show in the course of this work at least three hundred and fifty years after the time of moses i come now to speak of the historical and chronological evidence the chronology that i shall use is the bible chronology for i mean not to go out of the bible for evidence of anything but to make the bible itself prove historically and chronologically that moses is not the author of the books ascribed to him it is therefore proper that i inform the reader such an one at least as may not have the opportunity of knowing it that in the larger bibles and also in some smaller ones there is a series of chronology printed in the margin of every page for the purpose of showing how long the historical matters stated in each passage happened or are supposed to have happened before christ and consequently the distance of time between one historical circumstance and another end of part two section two